Hey, my name is Jason, and you're listening to the Embrace Church Podcast. God is doing some incredible things at each one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota. To learn more about Embrace and maybe plan your visit, head on over to imembrace.com. We hope today's message brings you hope, inspires you, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive in to today's message. All right, Embrace, welcome today. Uh, I've already introduced myself, so we don't have to go there again. It's a lot of me today that you're getting. Adam is on vacation with his family. They're doing something fun down south where the weather's really warm. Um, I always try to get away when the weather's awful here, and so just his bad luck. It was like the nicest weekend here. It's been in like six months, so uh, we're glad that you're here today. a couple weeks back, or the last, over the last two weeks, Adam has teed up this Run Project series. And if you didn't make one of those, or you're here for the first time today, don't worry about it. I'm going to try to bring you up to speed. The Run Project is simply a way for Embrace to think about how can we impact the community in a greater way. And when I say the community around Embrace, I don't mean like the two-mile radius around this building. Because although the word Embrace is on the side of this building, this is an Embrace. This is simply the place that we come and meet once a week. You are Embrace, and you live in Harrisburg or downtown, or maybe you come from Brandon or all the way down in Canton. You might be watching uh, from way over on the west side, or you're right here on the east side. You might be out at Macross and Boys Ranch or watching online from some exotic location like Sioux City, Iowa. Who's to say? Yeah, wow, good response for Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, The point is, wherever you are, that's where Embrace is. And so the RUN Project might impact the street that this building is on, but the hope is that the RUN Project would impact the street that you live on. And so over the next uh, 12 months, Embrace is going to fund the RUN Projects and put some money aside so that you can apply to do something that you're passionate about, that would care for other people, that would show them that Jesus loves them, not that something your pastor is passionate about. So that's the hope with the RUN Project. And last week, we got to see Adam lead the way in this. Adam pulled together about four or five people, got a team around him, and they thought, you know, what would it look like if we found one school in the city and we just redid their teacher's lounge? And so Adam tried to find a teacher's lounge that was kind of drab and not real exciting to be a part of and so for the teachers. So they went down to Eugene Field Elementary School and they turned that room from something that wasn't the best to hopefully a place where those teachers are going to find community and want to spend time in and build community as a staff. And so the RUN project isn't so that people would know the name of Embrace. It's just that so that people would know the name of Jesus. And so that is the hope with the Run Project. And today, what I want to do is try to help you guys figure out, okay, what does it practically look like to actually run or do a Run Project? And so over the last month, I've been thinking about, okay, Brian, what are you going to do for your Run Project? And this is what has helped me think through this. I started with who has impacted me the most in my life. And for me, it's pretty easy. My family has impacted me, from my parents to my brother to my wife. And and I think back, and a lot of times it's things that they've encouraged me with or they've just said to me. Does anybody come from a family where you've just got like one saying in the family that you say over and over, probably to get your kids to do something or something like that? Like uh, something like uh, early to bed, early to rise will make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. My brother actually lives by that. He actually, I don't do that. I think maybe Frank Sinatra or Charlie Sheen said that for the first time. Um, 
But my wife has a saying that, we've been married for over 20 years, my wife has a saying that uh, has just stuck in my head. And I can't remember when she first said it, but it's, it's a going on a good 20 years now, and it's simply this. See a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. If you see something that needs to be done, don't wait for somebody, to, somebody else to do it. Just go do it. And as I, thought, as I thought about this more, I literally have never heard Andrea say it to anybody else other than me. See a need, meet a need. So I'm like, what's going on with that? So see a need, meet a need. That's just something we say in our family. And so a couple years back, this is probably three or four years ago, I was sitting at home and was just doing some projects around the house and I went up into the bedroom and I saw a big pile of clothes. And I'm like, that's right. These clothes need, need to go to Goodwill. So I put them in the bags and sent them off, uh, got in the car, went to Goodwill, dropped them off. The guy's like, do you want a tax receipt? I said, of course. I threw that in the trash when I got home. I've never used one of those tax receipts. And so I got home and I just waited. I waited for the pat on the back because I knew my wife was going to notice that I had seen a need and met a need. She got home from school, not a word. It's like she forgot that there was a giant pile of clothes that needed to go to Goodwill. She didn't say a thing. I was kind of bummed out, a little annoyed, but I'm super humble, so I let it go. (laughs) Later that night, later that night, I hear from upstairs, hey, hon, um, Uh, Do you know where the clothes are that I bought at American Eagle for our Florida trip? Um, Where'd you last see them, babe? They were right in front of the bed. Uh, Were they anywhere near the Goodwill clothes? Kinda, not really. Yeah, I donated them. (laughs) You're welcome. I saw a need and met a need. I learned, uh, I learned another phrase that day, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> that one has stuck with me for a while. So see a need and meet a need. That's essentially what we're trying to do with the RUN project. Would we see needs and go meet those needs? And there are needs all around us that just are not being met. And today to illustrate that, I want to look at a passage in the Bible, and it comes from Mark 2. Mark is one of the four books of the Bible that tell us the story of Jesus. It's from four different accounts. Mark was a good friend of Peter, who was a disciple of Jesus. And many historians believe that the the story of Mark is actually Peter's account that Mark just wrote down. In any case, in the second chapter of Mark, which is a letter, uh, I want to set the scene for you because we see Jesus interacting with some people. And so Jesus, this is early in his ministry. He's about 30 years old at the time. Prior to this, Jesus had been essentially anonymous. Like he hadn't, he hadn't done anything famous. Like nobody really knew his name until he was 30. And then he started speaking publicly a little bit. He started speaking in the synagogue and people were taking notice. And they're like, man, that guy, he preaches with some power. And then Jesus kind of backed up his words and he performed a few miracles. He turned the water into wine. And so his name was becoming famous. He actually healed a few people. And so now, at this point, even though it's early in his ministry, Jesus has gathered a following. Wherever he goes, people come and see him. So wherever he is, there's a large group of people. And so where we catch up to Jesus in this story, he's a visitor in somebody's house. And he's, Mark tells us that he's preaching the word of God. But the house is full. In fact, Mark tells us that there was no more room, even outside the door, So think about that. Maybe think about your own home. What would it look like to have no more room, people literally packed in like sardines, and a line goes out the door? 
because people just want to get a glimpse. They just want to see or they want to hear a little bit of what this guy has to say. And so that's where we find Jesus. And at this time, in this story, at this part of the story, we see four other guys. I'm going to call them the four friends, and I'm going to talk about them quite a bit during this message. And the four friends, they have a fifth friend with them, but they're carrying him. They're carrying him on a mat or a stretcher because he's paralyzed, and they've decided they need to get him to Jesus. But they're too late. They come up to the home, and they see, man, this is a giant amount of people. There's no way we're going to get through. There's no way we're going to get through there and get this guy to Jesus because they were there not to just hear Jesus speak. They had to get their friend to Jesus. And then one of the buddies has an idea. I like to think it was like the second friend. And the second friend said, you know what? I got an idea. Let's climb up on the roof of that house. Let's tear a hole open in the roof and lower our friend through it. And the three buddies are like, that's a great idea. And the guy on the mat's like, I hate this idea. This is a terrible idea. But that's what they do. In fact, I got a couple of pictures here. Uh, and this is a typical roof uh, from a home in Jesus' time. And actually here you see the ceiling. And so see these large beams that go across? On top of them, cross-laid, are reeds. And those reeds are tightly packed. And then on top of that, over here, they've put dirt, dirt and mud and in the hot sun in the Mideast, uh, that dirt and that mud has hardened and it's caked and it's gotten really hard. And in fact, you see actually some grass grew, grew there at one time, but now it's burnt by the sun. And so you can imagine, unless it, it was in the rainy season, like this was really hard caked mud. But this was their idea. We're going to dig with our hands. We're going to get through this. We're going to get to this layer and we're going to start snapping these reeds and we're going to get our buddy to Jesus. Can you imagine being the homeowner that day? The homeowner is like, I have been trying to keep up with the Joneses forever, and finally I am out in the front. Jesus is at my house. The most famous guy in the land is at my house, and now everybody's looking at me like, well done, Bob. You're killing it, man. Jesus is in your home, and his chest is out, and he's just like looking around. He goes, everybody's going to know my name. And then he feels something hit his head. And he looks up and he's like, I was keeping up with the Joneses and now I have a giant renovation project on my hand. And he looks up in time to see four men in four pairs of hands snapping reeds. And now it's silent in the room. Even Jesus has stopped preaching. He's looking up. And he looks up just in time to see a mat being lowered in front of him. And can't you see just all the people around trying to grab a piece of that mat and try to be really gentle with it and lay it down so that the guy doesn't fall off? And he lays the mat. They lay the mat at the feet of Jesus. And every eye is on Jesus at this point, but he's not looking at the man on the mat. Jesus is looking at the hole in the ceiling and four faces that are peering down from him, at him from the ceiling. And this is what Mark tells us. Seeing their faith, Jesus says to the paralyzed man. Seeing whose faith? Not the paralyzed man. Seeing their faith. Seeing their faith, Jesus says to the paralyzed man. What these four friends have done is that they have shown Jesus their faith. 
Jesus is smiling at this point because he didn't hear their faith. He didn't hear them tell this man, hey, uh, here's my favorite scripture and everything happens for a reason. He didn't hear them say to their buddy that was paralyzed, hey, Jesus loves you. He literally saw their faith. And that's exactly what the Run Project is about. Would God see our faith? Would we be moved to actually get off of our butts and do something and not just talk about our faith? Would we actually go and do? And what might happen? What might happen if we go and do? Jesus sees their faith. Would we be moved and pushed to do something with our faith so much so that the God in heaven might see it. So here's the three questions I have for you today. I'm going to start with one, but I've got three of them, and they're really simple because I believe every one of us in this house, I don't care how old you are, you can do a run project. All you have to do is answer three questions. The first question is this. What's the need? What is the need? Well, the four friends they had a clearly defined need. Their need was to get their buddy in front of Jesus, not get him to the crowd, get him to the feet of Jesus because they needed Jesus to interact with them. And so their need was to get their buddy right to Jesus. And needs are actually pretty easy to diagnose. Like, like we all have very specific needs. Like I have personal needs. I need to eat consistently. And so I go to Hy-Vee and I buy a frozen pizza. Like, that is my need. I need food. I need a house. I need shelter. So I go to work every day so that I can pay the mortgage or the rent. We need clothing. We need affordable health care. We need training or education. We have all of these needs. And then some of us have a family. And now our needs multiply because their needs become our needs. And all of a sudden, we need a family mobile data plan. We just need it because in God's green earth, what would happen if we couldn't post a picture of our waffle on Instagram? We have these needs, right? But what would it look like? What would it look like if we took a moment to look up from our phones and look around at the needs of people around us? These four men, these four friends, just for a moment, they took their eyes off themselves and they saw the need of their friend and they're like, he needs to see Jesus. Let's get him there. So what's the need? What needs do you see around you in your life? Not your own needs. What needs do you see around you that are not being met? See a need and meet a need. Don't overthink it. What are the needs that you see? Answer that question. Then the second question, answer this. What moves you? What moves you? What sparks emotion in you? Uh, full disclosure, I am a crier at movies. Um, I know I look like a tough guy, but I'm super, I, I just cry all the time. Like, my girls will be watching an animated movie, like Inside Out with me. I'm blubbering, and they're like, what is wrong with you? Relax. I'm like, it's a teenage daughter. You guys are teenagers, and it makes me cry. It makes me think of that. So I'm a crier. I remember growing up, uh, I grew up in the 80s. I was in elementary school in the 80s, went to a small school. And every Christmas, the day before Christmas break, we would have a Christmas party at school. Anybody else have Christmas parties at school, last day before break? For me, or at my school, we would always get to watch a movie 
on that last day before Christmas break. And apparently in the 1980s, the only movie legally allowed to be shown in public school was Old Yeller. And so Old Yeller, I saw it like four times, never at home, always at school when I'm around my buddies. Now, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you how Old Yeller ends. If you don't know how Old Yeller, how Old Yeller ends, it's been out for 50 years. That's on you, okay? So Old Yeller is a dog. He's the best dog. He's a great dog. They make you, the filmmakers make you love Old Yeller. He protects the kids. He's fun to play with. He is absolutely the best dog ever. That's why you are absolutely shocked at the end when the owner decides to shoot Old Yeller and you're like, what? I remember leaning over to my buddy through streams of tears coming down being like, why did he shoot Old Yeller? Dude, he had rabies. When did he get rabies? When that badger thing bit him. What is rabies? I had no idea. If you did not cry at Old Yeller, you're a robot. That's just the way it is. What moves you emotionally? What moves you not to just be like a crier like me and not do anything about it and ask a bunch of questions? What moves you to action? These four friends, I'll tell you exactly what moved them. The plight of their friend, the circumstances that their friend was in, he was paralyzed and they wanted better for him. They wanted something better for their friend and so they were moved to do something. And isn't it remarkable that that, simply that, to be moved, they figured out the need, they're like, okay, this is what is moving us, this is what we want to figure out, this is the need, this is where we need to get him. And they didn't talk about it. They did it. So what moves you? Maybe mental health moves you. Maybe people who can't kind of meet their basic needs move you. Maybe people who don't have a voice moves you. Whatever that looks like, what moves you? And I guarantee you it's different for you than it is for me. All of us are unique in that way. So answer those first two questions. What's the need? What moves you? And then thirdly, what do you have? What do you have? This might be the most complex, simple question of all time because I think we really overthink this. We think if I don't have a million dollars or I don't have just weeks on end of free time, I don't have anything to offer. Not the case at all. Look at the four friends. What did they have? Well, apparently they had the basic materials to put together a mat. They maybe had some rope to lower their buddy through. They had a pair of strong hands to dig through a roof. That's it. They had those basic things, and 2,000 years later, we're still talking about them. That is all they had. It was all that was needed. So what do you have? Look around you. What do you have to offer? You have something unique to offer that I don't have to offer. The four friends, they had something really simple to give. And here's what I love. Remember when the four friends lowered their buddy down in front of Jesus? What was it that Jesus saw? Not the faith of the paralyzed man. Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith being activated. They'd been moved to action. They'd figured out the need. They knew they had what it took. And so they just did it. But what's the rest of the story, right? 
How did Jesus respond? Seeing their faith, Jesus says to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Probably not what they were expecting. Probably not what the paralyzed man was expecting. But Jesus gave him exactly what he needed. You might want to do a run project and God might do something really different with it than you expected. But I guarantee you it's going to be exactly what's needed. But Jesus doesn't leave him there. First he gives him what's he, what he needs and then Jesus says, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. There wasn't any room for the buddies to get into the house at the start of this story. But at the end, as people watched what a loving God did, because he was moved by the faith of his children, they stepped aside. And now a healed man walked out in front of them, and they took notice of him. I guarantee you, they didn't notice him when he was trying to get into the house. They noticed him on the way out because he had encountered the Savior. So what's the need? What moves you? What do you have? Do you understand that God might just see your faith and forgive someone else's sins? God might just see your faith and heal somebody? When you came in today, there's a card on your seat, and I want you to grab that. And look, this card's just for you. We're not handing these cards in or anything like that. And it's got those three questions on there. Take this home with you. Think about it this week. Write something on there. What's the need that you see? What moves you? What do you have? And then the last question, what could you do? What could you do? Not what should you do. Hey, you should do a run project. No, no, no. If I say should, that means I'm guilting you into it. What could you do? Iambrace.com slash run project. You can see some of the current projects that people have reached out to start. And they're super simple. One of them is simply to do senior pictures for families that can't really afford senior pictures for their kiddo. How simple, how beautiful is that? One project is coming around teachers who see students every day that are wearing the same clothes over and over and over. And they know that they could use a new pair of shoes, a new pair of jeans, or some hygiene projects. How simple is that? One project is working with a group called Breaking Stigma, and it's trying to break the stigma of people walking through addiction. And so they're gonna put on an art show to help break that stigma as well as raise some funds to help people who are struggling with addiction. Super simple. What could you do? And not only what could you do, what could Jesus do if you saw your faith? What could Jesus do through you that you had no idea he could do? Think about that this week. Let's pray. God, we love you. I thank you for each and every person in this room and thank you for their hearts. God, I just pray that they would seek you this week, that they would ask you these questions. God, God, what's the need? What moves me? What do I have? And ultimately, what could I do? 
And God, would we do all of these things in your name? Would we not care about the name of Embrace, but would we care about the name of Jesus? That people might know there's a God in heaven who loves them, that wants to forgive them, that wants to carry on with them and be part of their life. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I Am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at IamEmbrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.